Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at right now. Y'all know what it is. It's another Camper Chronicle Productions. This is the Bringing the Wood Podcast, and I am your host, D Wood, up to some real good or no good, depending on who y'all and where you're at <laughs> on this beautiful football Friday. And I'm Dolo, Big Che, government got him, you know what I'm saying? Not locked up, but the government got him, he worked for the government. Schedules change, and when they need you, they need you, and he's needed, so he did his thing. He'll be here next week, so don't fret. Big Chain will be back next week. Shout out to Coach D-Lo for coming on yesterday and holding it down. If y'all did not listen to yesterday's episode, go ahead and tune in. Uh, Coach D-Lo has some spicy takes on LeBron James, on Michael Jordan, and definitely on his 49ers. So make sure y'all tune in on that and uh, give, a, give a listen, man. Coach D-Lo definitely... Uh, brought some spicy takes yesterday. It was a very, very good episode. Glad he could come through it. Bless the kids. Give us a little bit of his motivators, but motivation on a good Thursday's episode, though. But today is Football Friday, and we will keep it strictly football. We will talk college. We will be brief because it ain't that much going on. Recruiting classes are locked up and done. Transfer portals are closed and done. Teams are now uh, either getting ready for the recruits to come in for the ones who got early enrollees who already graduated, or if not, you're waiting patiently for your, your seniors to graduate and get ready to step onto your campus to help your team get to the next level. And one of those teams was in search of an offensive coordinator, and they officially found him, and that is Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide. They were uh, in search of an offensive coordinator after Bill O'Brien left to fill the vacant OC job of the New England Patriots, which is rightfully so. You definitely want to upgrade. So Bill O'Brien upgraded from an OC from the top OC in college to an OC of, of the Patriots. So you get that, you, you absorb that. But Alabama has found his replacement, the offensive coordinator of Notre Dame, or ex-offensive coordinator of Notre Dame, Tommy Reese, is replacing Bill O'Brien as Saban's uh, offensive coordinator. I spoke on it last week that this is who he wanted. Or Josh Heupel, not Josh Heupel, my apologies. This is who he wanted. This is who he got. And um, he's happy to have him. Again, this is Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. Notre Dame offense stumbled early um, and kind of looked decent late once they got their starter back, uh, Pike. But now you have a new regime. Um, you're under a new alliance. You're going to have better talent around you. You're going to have uh, a much more array of players to work with. So let's see if Mr. Reese can bounce back and maybe probably listen to a head coaching job like many of the Alabama offensive coordinators before him or even a better OC job maybe in the league or on another team where he can get some more credit and build his resume back up. But a big pickup for Alabama, a big pickup for Mr. Reese um, with an opportunity. But the pressure will be on because we know what the expectation is of Alabama, the national championship, or bust. <laughs> but we will continue to move on because, uh, again, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Mike Nervell, just the head coach of Florida State. I've been very hard on him um, as a coach on our team. But he did lead us to our first 10-win season since Jimbo Fisher has left for the University of Texas A&M. It was a shout-out to him. And in return, the team is inked him with an $8 million extension for him to be the head coach through the football season of 2029. So shout-out to him getting us back in graces. I feel like we have a, a legit chance to contend for an ACC title. And if we contend for an ACC title, we can potentially be playing for a playing spot uh, in the playoffs. So one game at a time, I'm not jumping the gun. You still got Alabama. You still got Georgia. You still got Michigan. So those guys are still good. I think Ohio State will take a small step back, trying to replace Stroud. Yes, they still do have 
Fleming uh, at wide receiver, and they still have Marvin Harrison Jr., so they definitely have uh, an immense, talented core. But I do think they'll take a step back, so I do think there will be a space for a team to take over. Obviously, Texas with Archie Manning and with uh, Quinn Ewers. So I think it will be uh, interesting to see who's trying to fill in that final playing spot. I do think Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama right now have a have a nice way to be back in there again. But hey, it's college football, and the game's got to be played. This is just an early prediction of mine. But again, my Florida State Seminoles have a higher chance. Lottery turning players, including our quarterback Jordan Travis, who had a very very good year. We did lose some players. We lost them to the NFL draft, which will be coming up February twentieth through the March sixth. Um, combine will be showcasing players from different various colleges all over the world slash state um showing their talents to increase their draft stock or to show you why they should be drafted where you already have them ranked um this is just another way for players to make money obviously i told y'all the senior bowl was this past weekend um it was a few players who stood out in the senior bowl i'll just give you a few jake hayner won mvp of it the quarterback out of fresno state who i talked about earlier in the college football season while the games are still going had a couple of games against SC. He got hurt in, but he still played well. Uh, he won MVP of the Senior Bowl. Ended up going uh, 12 for 19 for 139 yards. And the touchdown is a small sample size because you rotate quarterbacks for the Senior Bowl. Because you got to get everybody reps. Because everybody's trying to get to the league. So he definitely performed well. And um, he had a, a great outing, um, if I say so myself. Um, a couple of balls got away from him. But, again, he looked good. Good anticipation. Much smaller guy at quarterback. Six foot. Uh, 208 pounds, so he'll definitely have to put on some weight. Uh, come his pro day or senior or combine if he's invited to the combine. Um, so he's definitely one of the takeaways. I think he had a a big game. He looked really good. Uh, out of mostly all the quarterbacks at the senior bowl, so uh, Jake Hayner trying to uh get that QB five spot or that QB six spot on the QB big board to maybe get into that back into that third early fourth round and maybe get you a chance to you know get on the field, or if not get on the field, make a team and make a roster and be a real NFL player, which is the dream for most of these kids, man. So uh, it was great to see him play well and, and get MVP honors. Um, the next group of people I want to give a shout-out to at the Senior Bowl is the offensive line. And not all of them, but way more than half on the national team and on the American team. Um, I told you I was watching Senior Bowl practices. Usually the defensive line dominates senior bowl practices on both ends, on, on North, North National and American team. Usually defensive line dominates. It's just easier to play defense. You play a lot more just reaction. So. But offensive line dominated um, in the practices, and even in the game they dominated and played well. And I'll just give a few names of some offensive linemen who you might end up seeing at the combine, who names you might actually hear early. Some later round linemen I'll give you on. I'll give you later once I build my draft board and I'm really giving you underrated players and players who could be late round starters. But these guys I'll be talking about that I just throw on this list of linemen. These will be first, second round linemen, maybe third at worst. And all of these guys are potentially going to be plug and play players, starting with uh, Darnell Wright, who's a right tackle out of Tennessee. Uh, I think he only gave up one sack the whole week, which was very, very good, very impressive. Could be potentially the top rated right tackle. Um, it's a few that I got rated up there when I bring my big board. You will see it for yourselves when I drop my big board. Another player is left guard, right guard. Just, just put him in that guard. He can play either side. Um, and he's an office guard from the University of Florida, uh, Osiris Torrance. And then uh, my favorite guy who I talked about before the senior bowl, I talked about him during the senior bowl week, talking about how he was 
very, very dominant. Um, and he was the consensus All-American this year. John Michael Schmidt or Michael John Schmidt out of the University of Minnesota, center, a very physical guy, big, massive man, very strong, people mover, if uh, I say so myself. And um, I think he's going to uh, help out the team instantly. And um, even Steven Avea, who was also an All-American, um, guard out of TCU, had a little bit of struggles in Georgia, but had some also had some good plays against the University of Georgia National Championship. And I think with a good combine, which he did have a good senior bowl, if he can top that with a good combine, maybe he can be a back end, or maybe even a, a second-round pick, and still also a plug-and-play starter, depending on the team, uh, definitely. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to one of the HBCU guys who actually played well, uh, Isaiah Land out of Florida A&M. Fam, you, if you're an HBCU, HBCU captain, you know, out of fam, you. He's a six foot three, two hundred twenty six pound, and he comes off the edge, uh, like a like a like a bullet, like a bullet, a little bit undersized, but he's got a long frame, and he showed at the at the senior bowl he can either play with his hand in the dirt or he can play off the ball. He even showed he's athletic enough to turn his hips and drop in the coverage. I think this kid made himself uh, a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? I'll say this kid probably was going to be uh, a sixth or seventh round pick. I think this kid can get up to the fourth round. And if he goes out and lights up the combine, I think he can definitely be maybe a late day two pick, late third round pick, early fourth round pick, and be a, a pass rush specialist um, for guys early in his career, maybe developed into like a Chandler Jones type of a, just a, a real all-around guy. But you got to get your hands on him. Uh, really, really raw talent. But again, Isaiah Land out of FAMU, I think is going to definitely have some impact when he does get on the field, whenever that is. And just as much as the highs, I got to talk about the lows. Um, and Max Duggan underperformed. And it wasn't the first time. Last time we seen him was the national championship. And he had a horrible performance then. And then to go into the senior bowl and only go four for nine for 26 yards. You also fumbled and threw an interception. Just a poor performance. And I, I said he might have tried to get himself into the sixth or seventh round with the run he went on with TCU. But then capping that off with a, your national championship performance and your senior bowl performance, and you potentially won't test really well at the combine, I think puts himself at a, at a disadvantage. He could potentially be an undrafted guy, maybe make a camp, um, practice squad, maybe get some preseason reps. But, hey, XFL, USFL, Canadian League, the kid's going to get a lot of opportunities. He did take a team to a national championship, um, and he's a, a hardworking cat at that. So I definitely do think he has a chance to uh, still make a roster um, if all those fails. And before I get out of here and switch over to, to hoop, I mean, not hoop, my apologies. Before I switch over to the NFL, I do want to talk about uh, one other thing. Um, Big Chase sent me um, some information to my desk uh, about, do y'all remember when I was talking about the quarterback, Jalen Rashard, who allegedly thought he had a $13 million NIL deal from the University of Florida. And it ended up falling through, and then he uh, asked to be released, and he was released, and now he signed at the University of Arizona State. I want to show y'all, Chase sent to me there, they leaked his NIL deal, and we have it. Uh, or what it was supposed to be. They leaked what his contract was supposed to be. And I'm going to read it uh, verbatim right here before I switch over to the NFL. So check this out, and I quote, Rashad signed the NIL deal, the NIL contract that day. It called... For a $500,000, yes, I should read that correctly, called for a $500,000 upfront payment. 
After that, his payment will increase from $250,000 a month as a freshman to $291,666.66 a month as a sophomore up to $375,000 a month as a junior and rounding out with $195,833.33 monthly payment his senior year. And he would get all of that through four years as long as he fulfilled the following obligations. One, be a resident of be a resident in Gainesville, Florida. Two, at least one Twitter post and branded Instagram post per month. Up to eight fan engagement events per year. These could include in-person appearances, social media engagements, video conferences, social oh, video conferences or interviews none would last longer than two hours and lastly autograph up to 15 pieces of merchandise per year that was the contract that he signed that i have here um again i don't know if florida ended up not having that money or maybe they thought and they offered him this and then when he got there they could just kind of walk it down some and think he'd be cool with it. Or maybe the kid seen all of the obligations and wasn't up for the obligations. They Nobody really says and we'll never really, really ever know. Only people that's going to know is Mr. Rashad, his camp, and the University of Florida, and the people who handle the money over there, and the, the deans and, and the, the uh, uh, boosters. Those are the only people who are going to actually truly, truly know what happened and what went wrong in the Jaden Rashad Florida NIL deal that was supposed to uh, potentially worth $13.85 million. Uh, it's going to be one for the ages. Hopefully they make a 30 for 30 on it because I really want to know what truly happened and who blew it on what end and how did they even get the $13 million and who was willing to give it and who spoke on it to get him to accept it. There's a lot of questions I got. I would love to ask. I don't have all the answers. But I'm definitely going to keep y'all informed because I know somebody knows something. And somebody's going to say something. And I'm going to be the one to bring it to y'all. But we're going to take a little intermission, pay some bills, drink some water. We're going to come back, talk NFL, talk the Pro Bowl a little bit, talk NFL honors, um, talk offseason takes. Still two teams still uh, waiting on head coaches. And, again, I got a, a hot take I want to talk about. Uh, pertaining to one particular coach. So stay tuned after this to bring the world podcast on a football Friday. It's your boy. Yo, yo, it's your boy, and I'm back like I never left. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast with your one and only host, D Wood. We flipping the script. It's the NFL hour. Wow, wow. Check it out though. Um it's real in the field. Super Bowl is here. We've already talked about that. We're going to definitely talk about the Pro Bowl. I definitely enjoyed it. It was it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you had a few players who weren't happy with it. But, again, if y'all ain't finna be out there hitting each other and playing a real tackle game, why not mix it up? I think the flag football game could have been a little bit more competitive. But I think it will ramp up as the time goes on and we get better players in the Pro Bowl. Because, respectfully, uh, Josh Allen catted on the Pro Bowl, Joe Burrow catted on people who would have been really competitive. Ooh, excuse me, Kettle on the Pro Bowl, no A-Rod in the Pro Bowl. Guys who I felt like would have really got after it. Herbert, you know, uh, Derek Carr tried to a little bit, but I just felt like it was just a real laid back. Obviously, Mahomes and 
hurts are in the Super Bowl, so they can't be in it as well. But I do think it could have been a little bit more intense. And they need to bring back the fastest man. They need to keep the fastest man. Like, I liked all the drills. Uh, the, the, the catch contest, I think, is going to get better as they get more reps and figure out. They're going to get more time to practice and prepare. I like what Stephon Diggs tried to do. I mean, Ross St. Brown tried to do in the catch-off. I like that there was like a little live catch-off right there. That was pretty dope. Um, I, I liked it that. The quarterback accuracy game was dope. Um, it's kind of like the same format. They just kind of made it look a little different. I think they, they did all right. But, again, fastest man needs to come back. And I definitely think they need to uh, crank up the intensity in the flag football game. But I liked all the games. I liked the, the lineman tug of war where they pulled the, the, the tires off and then pulled the, the weights. I thought, it was, I thought it was very, very dope, competitive. Everybody was involved. The balloon toss showed soft hands. It was definitely fun. So it was, it was definitely something to watch. Give us a, a good look at players, and they have fun. And, again, the dodgeball game is always smacking. Um, so it was cool. Again, I'm just going fastest man back and to just pick up the intensity of the flag football game. But I do think the Pro Bowl games will be successful. It's another year, more planning, more preparation, and players just being a little bit more prepared for what to expect because the unexpected is always hard to expect. So those are my takes on the Pro Bowl. I think that, that it will be successful, though. Um, as far as NFL honors go, um, beautiful night, uh, <laughs> George Kittle doing George Kittle like things, being a true good comedian. But we're just here to talk about the awards. Um, again, we said Bosa will win Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, I told you I would have liked Chris Jones to win it, but Bosa, like I said, led the league in sacks from start to finish and was a dominating force. Was one of the top tacklers on the D line, top tacklers and tackles for loss. All around just was a baller and, and well-deserving of defensive player of the year. So this is not a knock. Congratulations to Joey Bosa. Or is it Nicky Bosa? Nick Bosa. My apologies to Nick Bosa winning defensive player of the year. My apologies to the Bosas in general. But the, he definitely earned that thing and uh, hit that nine defense play. Uh, lights out from start to finish. And he was one of the catalysts of it. So shout out to Mr. Bosa on his defensive player of the year. Uh, he, he's pre pretty sure he can get plenty more. Be the it won't be his last one. <laughs> Offensive player of the year. Um, again, I wanted it to be whichever quarterback didn't win MVP, and it obviously didn't happen that way. Justin Jefferson brought in the offensive player of the year, well deserving player. What he did for the Vikings was uh phenomenal, nothing less than phenomenal. First one to do these things since since draft Randy. So I definitely think he was well deserving. Uh, it's kind of did the same thing Cooper Cup did last year to, to get that to get that offensive player of the year the uh, same way. So shout out to Justin Jefferson. I thought him or Tyreek Hill could have got it. It's people out there who thought Reek should have got it as well, and I think they both were also uh, well deserving of player of the year. Like I said, both these guys were tremendously uh, talented players, and definitely both could could both could get it done and got it done. Um, all last season. So I definitely um, give a shout out to them for that. Obviously, um, uh, 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 MVP of the league. Before we get to MVP of the league, rookie of the year was ran through by the Jets. Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson both bringing in offensive and defensive player of the years for the uh, Jets. So shout out to the New York Jets hitting, hitting in the draft with two players. And on the same night, uh, a Jets corner was being honored as a rookie of the year and an all pro and a pro bowler, uh, a former Jet, 
and all-time great Darrell Rivas was being honored as a potential Hall of Fame candidate along with himself and uh, uh, um, Joe Thomas, who is obviously uh, uh, well worthy of it. Demarcus Ware, well worthy of it. And Devin Hester, um, I, who, whew, man, who ended up missing the cut. But uh, I, I definitely think Devin Hester should, should get in there, man. He was a game changer at returner. He was somebody you literally had to plan for for just him returning the ball. And, um, you know, if he does get in, it will be a beautiful scene. But I don't know if he will or he won't. But uh, only time will tell. But I definitely think uh, he's got a he's got a chance to get in over time. But uh, it, just, it just takes time. Again, it's it's the it's it's the Hall of Fame, so it, it definitely is no no small feat to get in. But those are just some of the guys that I do think the show deserve to get in. Revis, Joe Thomas, D. Ware, those guys are more than more than capable of it. Uh, big Dan Klecko. And then there was a couple other guys I really didn't know, but. Next time I come on, I have better info on them and get those guys there, 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 flock. Those dudes right there, them dudes is from my era for sure. So shout out to them. Um, and L5 Honors was definitely a, a nice event. And again, my home for MVP of the league, uh, two-time MVP, going to his third Super Bowl, trying to be, get his second Super Bowl MVP um, to just cap a, a career that's only been pointing up since he's taken over as the quarterback of that job. And um, shout out to Andy Reid and Eric being and me for doing what they gotta do and uh just, just molding this kid and, and turning this turning this whole whole thing around with Mahomes and just changing the landscape of quarterbacks. And y'all guys got one of one. Um and speaking of Mahomes, his old college coach, Cliff Kingsbury, is set to uh interview with D'Amico Ryan's in Houston for a potential office coordinator job. Um when I hear that, I think one. That means the offense was a little better than D'Amico than, than we thought, which means D'Amico Ryan sees something in his offense. Two, makes me think they might be thinking Bryce Young. You know what I'm saying? That type of scheme, more dual threat quarterback, can do a little bit of both. Um, great, anticipa great anticipation on throws. Um, so that could be a, a, a look or a, something I'm just reading too hard into the tea leaves, but um, definitely something I, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on for sure because uh, Kingsbury, if he gets him an OC job, he's going to get to really focus in on just being an OC, and I think that could help him and even help him in his next coaching job if he gets this job and if he performs well. I think it could help him in his future job because the offense is definitely a unique offense with the right players and pieces and personnel. That offense can be uh, a very, very potent High high powered offense, and uh, maybe he gets a chance with D'Amico Ryan's, and uh, that could be um, a sight to see. Definitely, um, staying in that same division, uh, Geno Smith um, basically wants to stay in Seattle, and they're likely going to give him a contract extension. They just don't know what it's going to look like, but the contract uh, negotiations have begun, and it looks very good as of the start. And again, Geno won Comeback Player of the Year. Um, and I think he was well-deserving of that. Obviously, Geno, journeyman career. He's been in Seattle, what, the last three years, four years? We thought it was Drew Locke's job. Like, we just knew. Again, we, because I was in that too. We just knew this was Drew Locke's job. And he got hurt. And Geno basically capitalized off of an opportunity and parlayed it into a great season, a playoff berth. 
And you know what I'm saying? And he might get paid. And I think the Seattle might give him a little two, three-year deal and let him rock for a little bit longer. And, and then maybe draft him a quarterback in the late rounds. And we always been tagging her and Hooker to him. But some quarterback that they develop for two or three years and he can learn the system and step in when Geno steps out. Um, you know, Pete would love that. So I definitely think big ups to Geno for earning this contract. He definitely earned himself if not a big-time extension, some type of extension with Seattle, whether it's at a backup role or as a starter role. He deserved to be on that team again playing some quarterback or at least uh, competing to play quarterback because he definitely showed up and showed out <laughs> on behalf of his uh, squadron there, boy. And they definitely needed him, and he definitely was a big reason why they were winning games. I'm not sure if they would have had the same output with Drew Locke. So that's definitely kudos to Geno Smith, for real, for real. And I hope he gets a nice piece of change to help himself out and make some money that, again, I say he deservingly earned. So uh, shout-outs to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And, uh, again, I already talked about the Super Bowl. I gave you all my predictions. Um, I told y'all Eagles. I told y'all why. I told y'all the one man who got a chance to stop it. But I want to talk about the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's Egg Bien-Ami and how he doesn't get any credit, and it's crazy. And I was watching, um, I was watching uh, uh, NFL Network, and they asked Travis Kelsey, "How how do you get open so much? Why are you always open? Why are you never guarded?" And the first thing he says is, "Man, it's Big Red, man. Big Red draws it up. Big Red's basically shouting out Andy Reid. Never once shouts out Eric Bieniemy. Is that the first time I've heard him?" Or multiple players on that team. Uh, Mahomes tries to throw NBA in from time to time. Again, you're the quarterback, so I respect that. But again, multiple players just say big red, big red, big red. And then uh, today uh, on Get Up this morning, I was peaking, I watched Get Up. And Dan Orvlowski, uh, also, he also, he said uh, big red and Eric Bieniemy, And I, I thoroughly like that. And I say that because Eric Bieniemy has only gotten one head coaching opportunity uh, interview this uh, this this season right now. And that was with the Colts. Obviously, they're waiting for the season to end to give him a second interview. But I've seen coaches, and this is my my, my spicy take that I said I wanted to talk about before I uh, went to break. Um, I think it's crazy how Eric Bieniemy has been the offensive coordinator for the last, what, three years, four years? Before that, it was Matt Nagy, and he did, what, two years with Alex Smith, or a year, he did two years with Alex Smith, and then did two years, and then did a year, a year and a half with Mahomes, he did the half a year with Mahomes played at the end, and then the full year with Mahomes played, parlayed that into a job for the Bears, the enemy's been the coach ever since, went back to a Super Bowl, and been back to two NFC, AFC championship games, back to another Super Bowl right now. And he still only had one head coaching interview this season. I think he had two last year. And I think it has to do a lot with his own team who doesn't promote him enough. And again, this ain't no slight on nobody in Kansas City. This ain't a slight on Travis Kelsey or anybody. I'm just stating what I see when I listen to interviews, when I listen to the players talk. Everybody talks about Andy Reid. This ain't a knock on Andy Reid. But people don't realize NBA enemies literally been here since the beginning. He was the running backs coach uh, for the Eagles and the running game coordinator for the Eagles when he upgraded. 
He was there when they drafted Brian Westbrook. He was a part of that. He was the reason why they drafted Brian Westbrook. These are things that people don't go, that don't under, that they don't know because all you know is Andy Reid's the head coach and you feel like he's in control. But I think Eric enemy is a great coach. I think he doesn't get enough credit because of what's around him and because of who his head coach is. But we didn't watch Belichick pump out 48 coaches and these dudes get jobs after one year, two, two seasons of being the OC. Uh, Brian Flores was the defensive coordinator for eight seasons before he got the head coaching job for the Dolphins. And they let, um, God, I forgot his name, but the cat, the cat who was the DC and he ended up getting the Lions job. And now he's back as the offensive coordinator. Like, I just think this man gets shortchanged. And even in the news right now, yesterday, they were saying he's a prime candidate for the offensive coordinator job for the Raiders or the commanders or, and before we hired our offensive coordinator and the Titans. And I'm like, bro, how is this man not a prime candidate to run your team? How is he only a prime candidate to be an OC when he's leading an offense? And, by the way, he calls plays. It ain't like he's just um, standing in the spot. Like, as I go, as I, as I play devil's advocate, Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos, he was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. For what, two seasons? He's been on the corner for three seasons for the Packers. He never called one play. LaFleur has been the play caller. LaFleur is still the play caller for the Packers. And Nathaniel Hackett got a head coaching job being the offensive coordinator of the Packers with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. He got a head coaching job and was fired in 11 games or nine games. But because he was the offensive coordinator for three seasons with Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't even call plays. Would you tell me the enemy who call plays for the Chiefs can't get a head coaching job? Can only get one interview. Make it make sense, people. Make it make sense. They had the number one offense, number one passing offense, quarterback win MVP, seventh round running back who's looking like the truth, and he's the running. He was he was running backs coach too. That's him, Pacheco. That's he, he get that. McKinnon, that's him. That's him scheming up. It's him and Reed cooking together. And I don't think people realize how long he's been with Andy Reed. A lot of those other dudes, Matt Nagy, he jumped on late. He got a job. Like, it's a few dudes that have bounced off through the through the Andy Reed tree who jumped on late and got on. He'd been there since Philly. And I'm telling you, man, he gets shortchanged. And somebody gonna get a tremendous head coach when they get a chance. And if I'm wrong, then I'll, I'll take that. But he needs the chance to be wrong. They're not even giving this man a chance to be wrong. Again, bro, yesterday, literally, Eric Bieniemy, prime candidate for offensive coordinator job. I'm an offensive coordinator for a team in the Super Bowl. Why would I leave? That's why he keeps staying in Kansas City. Nobody wants to let me be a head coach. Why would I leave and go somewhere else when I'm already the offensive coordinator for the best offense? I got something to do with that. It's like he's wanting to go somewhere else to see if he can do it somewhere else. Y'all don't make everybody do that. Y'all don't make other coaches leave and go somewhere else and be an OC at another team. Make it make sense. Please make it make sense, man. And I, this this was my rant. I told us this is this, this it. I talked about the Super Bowl. I talked about the Pro Bowl. Talked about the draft. Talked about the combine. This, this, I, I got time for this. Again, I ain't throwing shade at Kansas City. 
I ain't throwing shit at no other coaches, but I'm definitely making it a point to put this out there, bro, that this man is being shortchanged in the league or watching coaches get jobs. Again, and I'm going to go with another guy of color, D'Amico Ryans. Only been the, the defensive coordinator for the Niners for how long? Two years? Because Robert Sala been in Jets coach for two years? He was D.C. there? And boop, 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 he gone two years. Like, tell me what's going on. But do you see how the players for the Niners talk about Sala? They, it ain't, you feel me? They give him, they give him credit. They give him, they gave it Sala. They gave it to D'Amico. Hell, they gave it to Jim Tom Sula. That's how he got the interim job. I don't hear people pushing Coach Bienemy like that in KC, man. And if they is, go send me the videos. But I hear them always talking big red, big red, big red. And this ain't no knock on Andy Reid. He's a Hall of Fame coach. But uh, he got he got a he got a great offensive coordinator who's been by his side to the tip. And nobody seems to see that. And maybe I'm tripping, man. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe that's why I ain't a coach or a GM or any of that, because I would have picked the wrong person. But I done seen a bunch of coaches get fired over the last five years. And I feel like Airbnb could have did the same thing. Shit, he could have got fired too. Give him a chance. I just think the man needs a chance. And hopefully the Colts give it to him because that's the team that's been interested. Um, the Cardinals say they're going to interview him after the season because the Cardinals say they're not going to pick their head coach till after the year. Cardinals and Colts basically said that. They're not going to pick it until after the Super Bowl, which means they want to interview the coaches in the Super Bowl. So I'm hoping they're waiting on Coach Bienemy and he can get one of these jobs and, and, and get a chance to put his name in the hat as one of the, as, as, a, as a good coach in this league. I definitely think he deserves the opportunity, and I think he's been slighted, and um, I'm hoping it comes to an end, you know? And uh, that that that's all I have, y'all. That That's it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go chill out because that was um, – when I seen that post yesterday about them talking about him leaving Kansas City to go be an OC somewhere else, it, for one, it doesn't even make any sense. I get, and again, if you're saying, well, did he can show he, he, he could go somewhere without Andy Reid, but what if he goes to another team with another good head coach? Because if he go to Baltimore, they're going to just say, well, he already got Harbaugh. Harbaugh already a Super Bowl coach. Lamar Jackson already MVP of the league. What, is it really him? Like, like he going to have to go to a trash team and do that as an OC? No, I'd rather be a head coach and have to do that. Not an OC. That's crazy. Like, Make it make sense to me, and then I'll understand it. But you're not like, I'm not going to go somewhere weaker and prove a point, and I'm proving it right here. I shouldn't have to go be an OC for the Commanders or OC for the Jets or some lesser-than team to prove that I could be a head coach. Like that, you know what I'm saying? So shout-outs to Coach B and I'm hoping he get his chance. And whatever team he goes to, I promise you I will be a part-time fan of that team. Because this man don't complain, he don't cry, he just go out and do his thing. And I've got to sit in Zoom meetings, multiple Zoom meetings with this man and hear him talk to a, a Zoom meeting full of, of, of coaches of color and just talk about, you know, what he do and, and, and what he goes through. So it's, it's even more, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know him personally, but like I said, I've been in Zoom meetings with this man and I'm a fly on the wall in there with a bunch of other men, but to hear the way he speaks and to hear his knowledge of the game, it's like, bro, why aren't they, why isn't he 
what is it? Is it something? It's got to be something he's saying in the meetings. Maybe he's demanding too much. I don't know. But what I do know is that man's a tremendous coach, and he deserves a chance to be a head coach and to lead a team. And until that happens, I'm going to have a problem. But, hey, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Happy Black History Month. Stay black. Stay beautiful. Stay golden. Y'all already know uh, love, live, life, Tupac, love, peace, hair grease, all that good stuff. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Y'all already know like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an enemy. Y'all know happy football Friday, happy fuck work Friday. So if you're at work, don't work too hard because we about to be out of here soon. Again, see y'all next week. Big Che will be back next week. Might have another guest. Stay tuned because y'all know how I do. As far as myself, I'm going to go enjoy my day. And for y'all, give somebody a hug you might not see this week. Let them know you love them. It's the Bring the Wood podcast. It's your boy D. Wood. And y'all know what I just did. I just brought the wood. Peace.